This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science. <laughs> I'm Andy Wood. I'm joined by Matt Kirshen. Hey, we, we are Jesse-less right now. Yeah, Jesse had, Jesse's got a gig. Jesse. <laughs> but we've made up for it. We're double guesting today. Yes, it's been a while since we've done this. I like it. I'm, I'm excited. Should we, should we go straight to introducing the guests and then yes, do the let, housekeeping? Because we'll we always do that and we leave them awkwardly hanging. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll do the introductions. we got a real doctor. We do. It's been a little while since that's happened also. No, it hasn't. Wait no, it's, it's <laughs> been no time at all since that last happened. Forgetting which order we're putting things out. Two episodes ago that last happened, I believe, depending the- on which episode things, which order things go out. We've um, got, a, got a doctor of atoms. Doctor of, of nuclear... Uh, and comedian. Doctor and comedian. Dr. Kevin Peter Hickson. Hello. Thank you, you you're a Hickson, right? Uh, thanks for having me. This yeah, is yeah. really exciting. We're glad you could make it. You are a uh, you hold a PhD from Caltech and also your master's and bachelor's from there, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. In nuclear I'm Cal- physics. Mm-hmm. I'm a Caltech triple hitter. Been there for about the last two decades. Nice. <laughs> and I finally just got out last year to go to UCLA, where I'm a postdoc. Okay. And you'd almost filled up that card. Like the 21st year is free after you stay at a school for 20 grades. <laughs> I think card. they really wanted me to leave yeah. by that point. And also, comedian... Hip-hop dancer, I recently found out. I was delighted by that information. Science, science of hip-hop? Yeah. Uh, an all-around excellent person. Renee Gauthier. Oh, hi. Thank you. <laughs> thank hi. you for joining us. I'm a doctor. Oh, I'm not loud enough? <laughs> 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 I just feel like I have like a, a raspy, high-pitched voice, so I'm nervous that it sounds really loud. No, it's not loud enough. Let's get, let's get more let, of that. Oh, let's get loud, <laughs> let's Jennifer get more Lopez. Of that Chicago rasp. We were um, talking about okay. your Chicago cred before this. Oh yeah, yeah. You came up in the Chicago scene in in, sure in, the, in, the, in the Chicago scene in comedy. Yes, in the comedy scene in Chicago. Um, and uh, you, alongside some of our past guests, we were just talking about T.J. Miller was sort of in your uh, class. Would he you was, say, yeah, of, uh, yeah. I would not say sort of. You would I would not say, say yes. <laughs> he had a few years on me, I think, though, like a couple years. Oh, okay. Yeah, very, very funny uh, bunch. Uh, everyone, Chicago is running things comedy-wise right now, wouldn't you say? I mean, yes. I feel like we always have. Hannibal, Kamel, TJ, Matt, Bronger. Kyle Kinane. Kyle Kinane, Renee Gauthier, of Bravo. course. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, yeah, well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, we are going to do like a hybrid episode this week, I guess. It's going to be oh, some stories, yeah. some expertise. We're going to... We, we like to, when we get our professional scientists on, we like to talk a bit about their work and what they do. But also, we've got some stories. Some stuff's happened in the news. Things are going on. Things are happening. So we'll talk about both of those. It's very exciting. It is. It is. Um, we have some listeners to thank before we get to that as well. We People totally do. donated to help us cover some of our costs, which you can do by going to probablyscience.com and clicking on donate. Um, and it's, uh, you know, much appreciated. And when you do that, we, we mention your name. And that's a nice little yeah. thing that almost makes up for uh, the donation or something. Uh, Carolyn Lacko. Sorry, I came straight from work, guys. My <laughs> head is not in the game right now. I'm coming down with a cold. Uh, Carolyn Lacko donated. Thank you very much for that. Carolyn, uh, set up a, a monthly donation, which is something oh, a few listeners is. have done. We hugely Excellent. appreciate that. 
um, Robin Bell uh, sent us a little cash and said, keep up the mediocre but well-intentioned work, guys. So thank you. <laughs> but then put a winky face so yes. we knew it was okay. a joke. I don't know whether that was a mm-hmm. joke or a slam or what, but he, <laughs> he gave money as well. Oh, Maybe you, that's you like Robin... when you're rude to wait stuff and then you tip them generously at the end, like, ah, just, yeah. Right, right. You think Robin's definitely a female Robin? I mean, it's definitely a male Robin because oh, it's an I. with an I. What do you guys think? With an I, is it always a dude? No. I assume I assume I male just because so. there was a diss in there. <laughs> so oh, okay. I don't know. It's like you don't think <laughs> women can do like the negging? They haven't read the game yet. I, I think she. I think if it's either way, they're negging you. I think with Robins, if, uh, if the breast is red, it's a yeah. male. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Either way, the the neg worked, and we as a podcast want to have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely. Whatever, whatever the gender. My self-esteem is lowered just slightly. <laughs> My guard is down. I'd just like to be clear, you're only speaking for Andy and yourself, right? Oh, I'm speaking for the podcast as an entity. The entire podcast oh, okay. is now vulnerable. <laughs> and by that, I mean me, Andy, Jesse, and our equipment and website are all going to collectively... Okay. The combined assets of the podcast are going <laughs> to either get all up in or be got all up in, depending on the preferred direction of sexing. Of Robin the Donator, Robin Robin's been peacocking. Ironically, mixed mixing up the bird metaphors with uh, <laughs> some of the game here. I don't uh, have sex with people who use emoticons or any kind of winks. Wow, so in like winks, Tinder's out, I guess. Wink, <laughs> completely. Winks in life would also be a turn off or not? Well, if you wink at me, I'm leaving. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, you're some kind of a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> or a leprechaun, in the words of Michelle Balloon. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Have you noticed that like emoji is just completely eliminated winking from normal life now? Yes. Like, people don't want to seem like they're doing an emoticon in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's just stuff. you know there used to be like I don't know some like. East German guy who'd like say something nice to you, like, hey, how's it going? And then you just, you can't see, but I'm winking. Okay, you know? yes, yeah. I can see. You have an excellent but, week, yeah. by the way. I can't wink. I can't I've, wink either. What? Are you, no, it's I, not true. No, it's completely true. I've got a, I, I, it was an old bit of stand up in mine as well. So I, you, I'm always wary when I have a joke on something and I'm just in conversation now, not dropping into the bit, but I honestly can't wink when I close one eye, the other one, like, I can't move my eye sufficiently independently to do a, a non-weird you got wink. the Tom York thing going on. Yeah, so... Was the internet so I like, I like the fact... Well, I will... Yeah. I enjoy the fact that within the world of text, I can feel free to wink. Mm. Like, I feel like I've been given wings that were previously... That's beautiful. <laughs> okay, okay. That's beautiful. Help like, me, I can like run. It's like somebody who's, who's <laughs> paralyzed, but in their dream, they can still run or something. That's exactly or it. Or an emoticon of legs for them. <laughs> yeah, or just has like a second life persona that... This is like, this is like a winking exoskeleton you've been given. Like, <laughs> That's exactly aliens. it. <laughs> like, Although, do you think like kids nowadays are confused about the concept that you can wink with like the other eye? Because you can only oh, wink with the, the, the semicolon, left. right? Right. So just, Ooh. You know, that's, it's, that's that just got point. deep. Things yeah. just got real. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, well, hang on. No, you could. If you, you could do the though. on the other side, then it's just the hedge. Yeah, and the eye changes. It depends ah, on whether you yeah, do like close point. bracket, then semicolon, or semicolon, then sorry, open bracket, then semicolon, or semicolon, then close bracket. What are you doing with brackets? Are you doing robot smiles? Oh, we call them brackets. You call them parentheses. What do you call brackets? Square brackets. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, you guys, um, you're silly. What do you guys call we ha- the winking frown? What's the name for that? It should have a name, right? It should have a name. <laughs> I think I invented that, but I'm sure that's not... Uh, no. It's not uh, a wink and a frown cat. A winky frown. What is that? <laughs> it's a, a sad person. I think <laughs> it's called like the cheeky caretaker. Cheeky <laughs> I like that. Um, and finally, donation, which we definitely have to mention. I don't know. We've mentioned before that one of our listeners, Karen Wolf, joined the show late. Mm-hmm. And 
started to watch or started to listen to all of the episodes in order so we'd get updates from about six months ago in our lives like hey you're talking about this now yeah Yeah, we get these tweets and she got up to date and now she's a regular listener and she sent i think the most generous donation we've had i believe yes i believe she is the top most generous donor now so thank you so so much karen we hugely appreciate that we do and fifty thousand dollars fifty thousand almost enough to get us to the moon uh, <laughs> actually speaking of that we talked last week or some week i don't i don't know when things are coming out um about about possibly having a kickstarter to get enough money to put ourselves as hosts of the podcast in one of those vomit comets like zero gravity simulators you know like oh, a plane that, awesome. that flies in a par- parabolic trajectory it's, uh, it's oh, the thing that they use for astronauts to train them they yeah, no, no. and yeah. but also it turns out civilians can get access to that with cash money and we'll see. Maybe a few people have said they would chip in and they'd be into this I don't idea. Know if that's enough. I mean, the next step would be making the video for Kickstarter that makes it seem like a legitimate operation. So we'll see if that's something that uh, gets legs. But also, uh, listener Kip Herbert Taylor wrote in because we, uh, Jason Nash was wondering out loud how much it would cost to go to the moon. And I was like, well, that's not a thing that's open to civilians. But it turns out. It is. I was wrong. Yes. Uh, if we can merely raise in Kickstarter form $150 million. That's all. That's, that's all. Yep. That's actually a lot less than I thought. How much was That's it nothing. when Lance Bass was going to go up on the International Space Station? Was that like... I think it was 20. 20 million? Pretty sure it was 20. And that didn't happen, correct? Or did yeah, it? I think it was turned down. And, and that would only be like, how high is the ISS? That's like 40 miles up or something? This is not, nowhere 400, near. 400. 400. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Where was <laughs> right. the Challenger going? To space. <laughs> Where did it go, though? Just uh, <laughs> Gulf of Mexico? Well, yeah, we definitely... It, we should probably raise the extra money so we don't go on one of the exploding ones. Yeah, that does cost more. Um, so yeah, one of the safe ones. But uh, this is a company. One hundred fifty million. That's that's a lot less than I thought. Like yeah. that's. We. I mean, this isn't something and, that's. This is a future, future thing. And two people have already put down deposits for one of these trips. It's a slingshot ride around the moon. I don't think you land on the moon. I believe. I think you just go around it. Uh, John. It sounds like bullshit. <laughs> so fuck that. I don't know but, about a moon flyby. I don't know how much I'd... You know what? It doesn't matter. But then 150 million. Like, I know that's an <laughs> immense amount of money, but there are people who have tens of billions. Like, right. if you were a, if you were a multi, multi-billionaire... Yeah. I Like, I would totally do that. Hmm... So like Bill and Melinda should just give the, the well. I just think anniversary present to themselves. I spent, I spent a greater proportion of my net worth on a Hyundai to get around <laughs> town than this would be of a multi-billionaire's net worth. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder that's if the how much are there. Do you yeah. start to get to? The, do you think you ever get to the point when the money is just viewed as a percentage of your net worth and not as like this is a hundred and fifty million dollars? Because I don't know. Yeah, because well, I think. Because I, I, I've done those sort of calculations every so often when you go like, when you hear of millionaire spent this much on a dinner or something, or right. just like went into a club and picked up everyone's checks. And you know, it was a $70,000 check. And everyone's like, that's crazy. And then you go, yeah, but as a, percentage as a of ratio their- of their income. And then I work out what, what that same ratio of my income would be. And you go, oh, okay, well, that's the equivalent of me going somewhere and buying someone one beer. Which is something I do want to... Did you like, do that? Yeah, I You're bought someone a beer. Solid dude. Someone solid. you didn't know. $6 plus a dollar tip. <laughs> like a crazy. Wow. Ooh, tipped a dollar? Yeah. yeah. Only tipped a dollar. <laughs> okay, Renee, we should we should get into the backgrounds of our guest. Well, I guess we should finish this story first, but then uh, I want to hear... I want to talk about this. I want to talk about uh, how much we should tip from someone who... No. Who, no? Yes. We'll get into that. Um, 
so yeah, this uh, um, b- 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 Space Adventures is the company that would get you on this trip. Um, President Tom Shelley told the National Space Club Florida Committee during a luncheon that uh, it's actually very affordable, his words. Um, well, it's good value, at least. Let's put it that way. And uh, so far, only 18 people, all Americans, all men, and all U.S. Apollo astronauts have orbited the moon, including the 12 who landed in the lunar surface as part of the six missions that took place between 1969 and 1972. Allegedly. Imagine if it's just the the, the dates is the only bit I think is bullshit. (laughs) Like, like I believe people landed on the moon, but I don't believe it was those dates. (laughs) That was... Uh, over the course of the next three years, they're going to evaluate whether um, these two customers who put down their deposits will be on the first mission or if they'll decide to go on the first and second and they'll get some other customers to go on as well. Um, and they're talking to the Russians about a series of missions, not just a one-off. Uh, the trips could include a short stopover in the International Space Station. Um, it's just like a perk. On the- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's be like you know. Oh, yeah. You guys, you mind if we stop? It'd be like if you're driving back, <laughs> like if you're driving back from like San Francisco to LA, it's nicer to take the coastal road, maybe so stop up in Santa Barbara. Okay, so it's like the ISS is like the Big Sur of. Uh, yeah, you know. you know, you might as well if you got the time, and if you're that rich, you probably do have the time. Just take an extra day out or so and visit. Why not <laughs> get drunk with some Russians who smuggled some vodka up to the ISS? That's right. I remember we covered that on the show before. The the ISS is an international collaboration and it turns out <laughs> but it's a collaboration between many countries yes. and the russian the russians up there have booze they probably not meant to but they do and the americans don't and it's amazing because that would be the most expensive booze in the history of the world wouldn't it because just in terms of payload yeah by weight <laughs> it would have to be the most expensive what does it cost to take a like a, a pound into some some big amount of money, guys. We didn't do a lot of research on this today. <laughs> Costs um, a lot. Yeah, Costs space tourism. It's happening. Uh, we we're not going to be up there, but we might get waitlist in a plane. So uh, we'll keep you updated on whether we actually do launch that Kickstarter. But yeah, we should get to know our guests a little bit more before we get into anything else story related. Uh, so Renee, you are a comedian, obviously. Uh, yes. Do you have any background in the sciences, including classes that you hated but had to take? I took basic math in college because nice. I was a dance major. Okay. I failed basic math in college. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I oh. hate math, you guys. I'm sorry. My sister is like really good at it, and I don't like it. You don't have to apologize I to mean, us. I mean, I like it. I just don't like it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure I do. It sounds like you just don't like it. <laughs> what I'm hearing is like you don't like it. I just don't think it was ever... I loved science, but I didn't like math. Does that make sense? Is that okay? Yes. Now, what as... kind of science? Mm, whatever was thrown at me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find as a dance like as a, a dance dummy. professional that you had big problems mathematically with starting counting at five? Well, it's an eight count, so how dare you? Um, <laughs> first of all, um, no, I just think that um, I did not put the two together. I just knew how to count. To I have rhythm, so my counting's. Who could amazing. ask for anything more? Actually, don't don't uh, dancers they start at five, right? Isn't it always like five, six, seven, eight? Um, Do they just don't have the? I guess you're. I, I like that's a cue to start the routine. So you wouldn't start. You're technically counting. So the one, two, eight. three, four is implied. You're yeah. You're so like, so we we don't need to yeah. do that. We know it's there. We know the one, two, three, four is there. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing a waltz and you start on five, you've only got two beats to get ready for the next go around. So that's not good. Right? Well, no, well, that's math. It is math. <laughs> dividing by three instead of four. You're. 
you're basically prepping to start. So the first eight count is a prep eight count. So okay. you would silently say one, two, three, four, and then you would yell the five, six, seven, eight, so everybody understands the their one their one is coming. Can you see everyone else and they're mouthing the words because they can't actually yes. like think them without making them? Like the freshman, the, uh, the first yeah. year's dude. Yeah. <laughs> they still have to count everything out. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I'd actually like to teach you guys a dance routine and see how yes. hard it would be for you to <laughs> not mouth the count so you don't fuck it up. I have guaranteed most people, most people always start off. I'd That's probably just keep going. I don't think I'd be able to stop. <laughs> I don't well, think I can. 97, you're like, no, 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 no stop. No. I don't know if I can count and move simultaneously. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have the ability to combine those two activities. I definitely don't, yeah. In grade school, I, at, at recess, I used to teach the thriller routine. Nice. Um, to whoever needed to know it. <laughs> so it would be like me, like, just counting out. Sign-ups are over here, guys. No sign-up. Okay, no. The music starts. Are you in? <laughs> Are you out? How are you playing the music? Oh no, I'm just kidding. There was no music. Although that would have been great. Although I did have I, my uncle. But you weren't kill it, kidding about teaching people. I was not kidding about that. Could you no. do the thriller dance on command right now? I you, you yeah, but I'm you. yeah, I could. Okay. <laughs> Can you just teach me the shuffle and head? Yeah, thing yeah, part? yeah. Like, That's like the hardest part because you're sla- Yeah, I'm slide, doing it right now. The head, the head, the head sort of well, because you have to like do it, and then you have to hit to the top. So it's like it's an awkward like, feeling. Walk like an Egyptian combined with some kind of uh, yeah. It's like I'm bit? trying to think what you would call it, but anyway, regardless, you have to count to get there. Yeah, and that's my math background. So yeah, so listeners, so young and impressionable listeners, if you want to get into dance, you got to learn that counting. You got to learn the math. There is know the math. <laughs> there is. I remember when I was applying to universities in the UK. Now, the, the system in the UK works differently, where you apply to both a university and a specific course, and right. you you pick your major before you even start, effectively. And and I was looking down the different maths ones, and I can't remember which university it is because they have other co- they have the straight ones like math, just straight math, straight English, straight French, whatever, right. and then they have the combination ones. So there's like French and philosophy, or uh, Spanish and history. And math, maths and dance was an option. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which university it was offered it, but there was definitely, I remember seeing that, just trying to work out who that was. Yeah. Who was in that course. Well, we have, this isn't the first time we've had a dancer on the podcast. We had uh, Crystal Dil- Dr. Crystal Dilworth, who is a <laughs> That's recent... so much cooler than anything. <laughs> she was a professional dancer for a while. And That's true. And got a PhD That's from yep. Caltech as well. And actually was featured, this is a good transition into the background of our other guest. Uh, she was featured in the PhD movie, with Kevin Peter Hickerson. That's right. With yeah. you. I might call you by your name. <laughs> I have listeners. Oh, that Kevin Peter Yes, yes. Um, so you guys, you've done some acting, and have you danced? I, not really. I tap danced when I was five. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, like in a class, or like, because like I tap danced when I was five. Yeah. <laughs> was I was like, the, there was no official. I was the was... only boy in the class, and it was my first experience with major humiliation. No. What happened? I stopped tap dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I went into the sciences. <laughs> but don't you think tap is kind of really... Uh, that's, I was going to say that before. Um, I tap dance, and I feel like it's more mathematical than... Like, it is like this... I don't know how to explain it. I'm going to sound stupid. Pretty... I mean, it's like you have to... Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching a show... I'm doing really Watching well. a show once about the way it was like a little documentary about if I think it was like an open university thing late at night mm-hmm. uh, on the BBC but it was about how dance is transcribed 
and the because it has its own in the same way you can write music in notes right. there's there are various different notations for transcribing dance right. on paper i don't know if that was one of the courses you did at any point in your major but it was uh but that get again like the different ways of working out ways to do that is gets very scientific and technical is there like a staff in the way that i can't even picture what it besides, I c- besides stick figures i can't imagine what i can't re- i cannot remember for the life of me any like but i think there are there's <laughs> more like, i like think there's logo? more than one type of notation but there's <laughs> yeah. there's a couple of standard ones and there are people whose job like, it is for example with well-known a well-known ballet where they're like this needs to the choreography is set now yeah. and this needs to be written down so it can be passed on and shared there are people whose job it is to transcribe the movements and there are various sense. notations that describe right go to 20 then the turtle turns and yeah, yeah and then the shimmy turtle shuffle turns. Up. yeah turtle turn shimmy shuffle thrust thrust those are ballet terms <laughs> yeah. just so you guys are i know you're kidding but those are real what are you guys were fucking around spin point yeah i remember shuffle step yeah well that's what i was saying like it's a shuffle step ball change it's like this ball change i've heard that what does that mean it's a it's a step back so um if i were to shuffle with my right foot Mm -hmm. i would step with my left i would then step back with my right and then step forward with my left if i had a ball change that's a ball change so a ball change is the back step step it's a back step step Okay. I mean, really, that's what it is. Like, you're in serious danger right then of actually turning into a sort of tap dancing jazz talk. <laughs> like, it's just a back step step. Like, it's, like just a, it's, just it's just a back step suddenly step. Suddenly accidentally turns into a whole dance routine. You're just like, because what you got to do. Oh, <laughs> By Christ. the end of it, like, yeah. all four of us are dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, really simple. You just take step. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that I was also doing it while I was trying to tell you. So that was like, I'm like, thank God no one could see me because I look like I'm just goddamn idiot. <laughs> Like in the cutest way possible. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. that's all you know? Is this sh- yeah, that's all I know. Oh, and uh, I've been looking into twerking. Trying to get <laughs> You've been looking into it? Yeah. I'm like, I've been some preliminary research. Yeah, that's how scientists yeah. deal with <laughs> practicing research it. Yeah. Controlled I've been reading some of the initial papers. Uh, <laughs> you know, twerking's just the original Beyonce shimmy from Crazy in Love. I don't want to blow people's what? minds, but... Oh, wow. You, so can, Beyonce, you can also research that. Beyonce originated twerking? I thought it was like no, Jamaican dancehall kind of... No, what happens is, I mean, I love you how take we a dance move. Like, there can't be anything new right. under the sun in dance. Right. I mean, well, how could there be? <laughs> right. I mean, I think like, I'm not saying, I'm sure there's like one hint of difference, but truthfully, I feel like we're just recreating and renaming. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure the, the Harlem Shake was just called the Shake before. Well, the Harlem Shake was... Um, if just the Harlem Shake was something different in the 90s. Harlem Shake now is a style of recording. But the Harlem what? Shake... Well, like, essentially, the Harlem Shake isn't really a dance. It's just a YouTube meme. It's, well, kind of. It, it's just like how... It's the style of how they're recording this particular... Anyway, Harlem Shake in the 90s is a specific P. Diddy move. Oh, okay. That became a thing which i have done i think the craziest the craziest (laughs) thing in dance trends is how everyone acts like there's a new way to simulate sex on the dance floor like daggering (laughs) everyone's like what is this crazy it's the same thing that's become every 10 years there's a new controversy because someone does someone's humping on on the dance floor it's a violent bump and grind it's a violent bump and grind yeah Yeah. there's the forbidden there's the lambada from the 90s (laughs) i like that you know it though yeah that's a thing but i like that you know it 
Who doesn't? Who doesn't remember the Lombada? It was like it was a Do controversy for a little while. Yeah, we're, sort of the Forbidden Dance. Kids were yes. Lombada. Yes. I wasn't aware that it was. I don't think it was controversial. Like do you, the thing it that was, was accompanied by man, it was accompanied by the music. The one that Lombada was the one that was like da 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 like every Spanish. No, uh, Macarena, what are you talking no, about? No, 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 no. He did Every it. Spanish hotel resort, like every European hotel resort, which is where we, yeah, we would go on vacations in the UK. Like would pl- <laughs> that, like they play that, uh-huh. and then they play an REM song, <laughs> and then they play whatever the whatever that. Everybody hurts. <laughs> it was. It was. They dagger to everybody. And then they play um, whatever the other like. Every three years, there's a new song that pop song that comes out that has an accompanying dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember, there was Wickfield Saturday Night. I don't know if that hit America. I'm not familiar. Can you that sing was, um, it? It was like a, and it was always accompanied by like a square dance type thing. Oh. And then there was a Macarena, and it's always, de- always designed so that two year olds and seventy year old aunts can do it together at a wedding. Right. Yeah, that's a bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I danced at bar mitzvahs. So it's like you move. Oh, you you were like booked to dance at bar mitzvahs. Yeah. Actually, Soldier yeah. Boy did this also. Yeah, everyone. He, he you know, it, there's, there's just some strategy where somebody, if you get a du- the ketchup a song, song, that was the ketchup song. Yep. But can at you the make, exact same time? Yes. Is there a way happens. to make money off it besides the actual way that a song makes money? You well, know? no, you can't but really, you can't like copyright the song, but it, but it becomes, a, but it basically turns your song into a meme. Yep. It turns your song. It sort of but, self-propagates. But who remembers the person behind the meme? You know? But then they people, but then they play by the song still and gets played on the radio. Saturday night, Wickfield. Who's the hustle? I don't know that one exactly. But know the hustle but Wickfield no Saturday night he had that hit and then there was another hit called Another Day which was like a follow up single that had exactly the same meter and a really similar melody so you could do the same dance to that one as well uh, okay. well yeah capitalized right and I yeah I, and it was it was basically it was very similar of like arms crossing and then arms uncrossing and then a sort of and then a sort of vague like jump Hip forward and back <laughs> and then a 90 degree turn there's always a 90 degree turn so that yeah. every four sets of measures you end up facing the right way everything's a line dance yeah all those things are except for the Dougie what's the Dougie you guys don't know the Dougie I know the Dougie you know the Dougie Dougie. Dougie. I've seen the Dougie at least yeah I mean you look like you Dougie I don't think I Dougie do you Dougie a little bit I don't you know what Renee I don't Dougie you know what Renee I do not Dougie I do not Doug I don't prefer Dougie Doug I I do like to slow dagger you know, I like a nice <laughs> slow dagger with a <laughs> respectable lady. That's called rape. Okay. Okay, just so we're yeah, like Jamaican high school formals, you politely ask a girl to slow dagger with you. <laughs> may I have this dagger? I love the song, May I Dagger You. May I dag? May we dag? Can we dag? Um, oh, his dick is a knife. Oh! <laughs> that's is that it? I think that's what it is, now that I think about it. Yeah. Oh my it God. Makes more sense. Oh. That was yeah, his dick is a knife. It all just came. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no. This is all good. This is all sciency. This is. A- <laughs> that so, was an epiphany. So before we get on to some of the other stories, Kevin, what sorry, is the Kevin. work you? Be- what What is it you do when you're being when you're wearing a scientist hat? Uh, when I'm wearing my scientist hat, I work with uh, on experiments that study neutrinos and neutrons, and mm. I actually literally get to wear a hat to work sometimes because I put on a like a hard hat. Oh, do you work in a... You actually do the... Phys, are you an experimentalist? I'm an experimentalist, that's right. So I actually have to do work. 
What, um, can I, I can't imagine why you'd have to wear a hat. I'm trying to picture well, a scenario. I wear, well, I know pictures from CERN you see them wearing the hot hats. Yeah, I don't work at CERN, but I work nearby, about 700 kilometers away. I work in... Uh, Which is very close in neutrino terms. That's right. That's right. It is. Uh, in fact, in 2011, the exact distance between CERN and where I work was a big controversy because people thought... That oh, yours was the lab. Yes. Yeah. I work at that I don't lab. know. What, what, we covered that story in the show. It I was, forgot why. It was... Some, there was a finding that neutrinos seem to have traveled the distance faster than the speed of light. They covered the distance in less time than the speed of light right, would allow. Yeah. They arrived what looked like 60 nanoseconds early, which is roughly the length of uh, the experiment that actually measured it. So it's about it's a, it's a few dozen meters. Um, that, that experiment was called OPERA, and mm-hmm. the facility is called Gran Sasso, and it's in the middle of Italy. What was And it's buried inside of a mountain. What was wrong about that study? Because I remember that being... It so just just from memory as well. Before we even get onto, just from memory, neutrinos, which are one of the fundamental building blocks of everything, right. they can pass. They pass through matter pretty much like uns. They don't touch. They pass through matter matter unscathed. A right, neutrino exactly. on one side of the Earth will hit the other side of the Earth. Yeah, they go right through the Earth like nothing happens. There's trillions of them of them going through you right now, and we never notice. Um, only a few will interact with your body over your lifetime, even though there's just this constant rain of them. Uh, they could go through light years thick of lead. That's how hard it is to stop them. Uh, but we can still measure them occasionally. And uh, so what was wrong with this experiment, it turned out... Oh, first of all, let me just tell you, every experimentalist I know when this paper came out, we all pretty much were like, there's no way this is right. Yeah, well, I seem to uh, remember... And again, and again got, like, tons of press. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember even the people who found that result at the time were like, we're we've something's wrong but we don't know what to check our results like right. this this doesn't seem right so although i did not get to talk to the person who is responsible directly i the rumor is that it was a loose fiber optic cable and it was causing some sort of reflection and getting the timing clock wrong but yeah. since then uh they fixed it they've gotten the correct answer and also a lot of the other experiments in the facility have uh, redone the measurement and now they can actually see a very high accuracy. They can see this wave of neutrinos going just below the speed of light like it's supposed to. Okay. So, so neutrinos don't travel at the speed of light. They travel marginally below it. Just marginally below it, but very, very, very close. And the reason is they're just they're, they're very light. Compared right. Compared to everything else, they're very light. So they're not actually... They're, they're, still, they're still more massive than a photon. Yeah. They still have right. something going on. Exactly. Yep. Um. So you work at the, f- the facility again that, that you, in Italy, that you were talking about is called what again? Gran Sasso. It means Gran big stone in ah. Italian. And that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like a big giant rock. And basically they dug a tunnel right through. And you get to drive in and you can uh, you go off to the side. And there's these big steel doors. And if you know the password, you talk to the guard. They push a button and the doors open. And they're what? like, it's really cool. Is, <laughs> is the password neutrino? <laughs> no, it's probably like, hey, let me in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like that. I, actually, I also work at Los Alamos. And let me tell you, I don't want to give any, any listeners a bad idea, but uh, there's a huge difference between Los Alamos security and Italian security. <laughs> Basically, if you if you give your name, uh, if your name is hard to pronounce, they'll eventually just wave you in out of frustration. <laughs> of <having> to, <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> Italy? Or, in Italy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you hand them like a folded 20. <laughs> very mob. It's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or like make up a country you're from. Better maybe, put on a nice tracksuit. Like, yeah. 
Just bake something. Yeah, just yeah. bake something nice for the guards. I just made throw you some pasta. distraction pasta. Yeah. The side, <laughs> and as they chase after it, going, Mama Mia, you just run in the door. I assume all the guards have like pervy mustaches. Uh, yeah, everyone in Italy has facial hair. It's Yeah, well, yeah. I know. I'm Italian. <laughs> everyone. I know. Oh, yeah. You, oh, I know. <laughs> you're you're know massive Italian family. You know how hard it is to maintain? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, like just uh, the uh, flight over, I flew on Alitalia, mm-hmm. and um, when I was flying in there, there was just all these hairy guys like all over just like jabbing me and everything. I Aww. think I, I actually, there was like aerosolized testosterone. In the <laughs> like, I think I grew chest hair just from... You're just <laughs> making Renee think of Christmas with the family. <laughs> yes. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. Sauce, it all Italian off, sausage right. sandwiches and just lots of hair. <laughs> Everyone's playing accordion and like... <laughs> We're Sicilians, so no accordion. No accordions. No accordions. So how much time do you spend at the Italian facility versus here in the States? Uh not very much time because um I'm not a grad student anymore, so I don't have to be on site as much. Um and I do a lot of the work on computers all day it's kind of boring but so how did you decide to get into science as a career in the first place what what were you into in high school well uh no i actually was much earlier than that Um, i knew i wanted to be a physicist when i was about seven oh wow yeah my dad told me that actually related this he said nothing you go faster than the speed of light and i thought that was bullshit and i was determined to prove him wrong (laughs) (laughs) and And his pitching career fell by the wayside (laughs) (laughs) you've not seen my designs yet for a rocket bike (laughs) Um, so I knew really early on that I wanted to, and it also turned out I was pretty good at it, so those nice. two went together. Um, okay, question then. You mentioned, that you've touched on this before, neutrinos don't interact with almost anything. They can pass through miles of lead unscathed. How do you detect them? How do you get them to interact with, with some kind of a detector? Well, so even though um, one neutrino can go through light years of, of lead... Um, there's so many coming off of a reactor, off of the sun, from uh, outer space, from uh, cosmic rays. There's so many of them. There's just trillions and trillions of trillions that those two very big numbers cancel out. Okay. So you have a really large number of neutrinos, and then you have a really small chance that they interact. But if you make your detector okay. big enough, you'll the you'll kind see of the same eventually. way. Someone wins the lottery most weeks. Right, exactly, exactly. You got something really unlikely, but millions of chances. Right, and it's all about size, and also, uh, come on, the the biggest. He's right. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. The the bigger problem is that uh, it happens so rarely that you have to get rid of the background noise that normally is all around us. Everything is radioactive. Uh, we don't like to think about it because it's upsetting, but we're actually being bombarded by cosmic rays, by radioactivity from concrete, from uh, gases in the air. So you, you, we have to go underground to shield all that out. So it, the, the, hard, the difficult challenge is actually getting everything else to not be detected in the detector. That's the hard part. Ah. And that's just massive amounts of materials that... Massive amounts of what? Of, of lead? Of uh, it's a it's a combination of a lot of things. So the first thing is shielding with the earth. You need mm-hmm. um, we have about one point four kilometers of solid rock above us, so that shields most of the cosmic rays from space. God, it's got to be a bitch to get a phone signal down there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
so and then, uh, then on top of that then there's radon you have to get rid of radon you have to clean it out of the air you have to everything you bring oh, in because radon gas has is radioactive yeah, and just exists and naturally as a- and it just bubbles up from the rocks so it's there no matter what so there's these machines that clean radon out of the air then you have to um you have to uh carefully prepare all your materials and make sure that they're not radioactive you have to purify them you have to clean them and then you keep putting uh, layers and layers of, of shields and you put different types of shields with the most expensive shields being in the middle uh, and a good example is in our experiment uh, the experiment I work on is Quare mm-hmm. we have uh, a kind of shield that's made out of ancient Roman lead Wow! and it's uh, from the bottom of the Mediterranean and the reason it's there is because lead uh, when it's manufactured becomes uh, slightly radioactive so even though it's a shielding material it itself also is part of the problem so the only place you can find this is uh, when it's uh, that radioactive material is decayed away and the only place you can find that is inside the of Roman boats that have sunk. Wow, so, uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, our experiment, uh, we actually, uh, our experiment funded this massive archaeological recovery of all this lead, and we only took ten percent of it and gave the rest to um, the Italian uh, archaeologist uh, archaeologist to study. So then, there's a finite amount that's even of, at our disposal on Earth. Yeah, for, that's for right. science reasons. Is there yep. any kind of fighting between groups that want to find, have it for their own facilities? Uh, at, at the moment, the only fighting is between. Uh, some historians, and, yeah. archaeologists, and some uh, wow. scientists. Because how much, how much of that would you actually need to be that final layer, like an approximate amount? Uh, we have, I think, about 100 tons. This is really something <laughs> I should know. <laughs> I think it's about 100 I thought tons. you were going to say a, t- a much smaller amount. No, no, it's that's huge. T- that's 10% of what was yeah, actually that's 10%. Found. Yeah, that's 10%. 100. There was... But keep in mind, lead's very heavy. <laughs> what about, like, <laughs> right, your, as a scientist, like, your, radio- your radiation? Oh, we're you? radioactive, too, yeah, so... Because I remember, um, uh, so we so we can't touch anything. We have human beings have. Um, uh, we don't have a lot of metals in us, and radioactivity is usually metal. But you know, we have um, we have carbon fourteen in our in our skin. Um, we have potassium, which is a big source of background. Uh, but the main ones we're trying to avoid are uranium and thorium, and luckily we don't have much of that. Right. So I remember when I was at school, my friend Nick had a brain tumor. He's he's all right now with mm-hmm. some sort of after effects, but um, but he had to go through all the cancer treatments and including a lot of radiotherapy. And then when he came back, it was just in time for us to be studying radioactivity in school. And we had a Geiger oh counter, <laughs> and we put it to his head, and he was noticeably higher than background. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yep. Like his his temple was noticeably radioactive. Yeah, there's some people... But there was already a background count. Like, we had... And we we were slightly more radioactive. When we yeah, there's, there's some people who, when they get treated, or if they're... Um, it's being used to... to as a... a contrast agent for a PET scan. They're actually told they shouldn't go near somebody in a, you know, a certain amount of time. And, because you could yeah. be exposing other people to your radiation. Right. <laughs> and they might... They might get your superpowers away yeah. from you. Yeah, right. And, and this isn't even true if you're treating like testicular cancer or something, which has just got to be the weirdest first date story. <laughs> oh like, yeah, no tea gonna, bagging yeah. for a week. <laughs> do not touch my dick. It will not be good for you. Okay. Don't make it angry. <laughs> I think that would be the greatest first date thing. I had a guy once tell he me buzzed. he was waiting for marriage to have sex, but I think that wouldn't be way that better. <laughs> Do you reckon he told it as like a reverse psychology thing? Like, oh, I'll show you waiting. Yeah, well, he said gonna... it, and I go, did you really think it was necessary to tell me that right now? 
And he's like, well, you'd be surprised. I, go, I am surprised because <laughs> I had no so, interest. Let me ask you this. Would it be better for someone to tell you or what if they just, you know, they just stop talking for a minute, bust out the Geiger counter? I mean, that would be sexier. I mean, are you asking what would be sexier? Yeah, that's what I was asking. <laughs> they just go, like, every time that clicks, that's an atom ripping apart in my nuts. <laughs> I'm turned on just a little. I, um, I like how you guys have these great, like, I'm listening to everything you say, and I'm like, I'm like, if this, I relate everything to movies. Because that's how I was raised, watching movies. Um, but uh, and I'm like, oh, if this were like some heist movie or some like great action film, I'd be like the dumb sassy one who punches guys out. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but I just kicked the shit out of that Russian. So when we're <laughs> that's my role. <laughs> when we're having the get the gang back together montage in the beginning of the movie, yeah. What do we find you doing? You've been doing in your spare time since the game uh, broke. Probably up? cosmetology. Okay. But then, like, I met like at a bar or something, and guys like too much. Like in my montage, like the guy is like talking too much, so I just do like the elbow. Like the oh, oh yeah, like the elbow in and then the fist yeah. back and then the fist back and, and then you drops. Watch, you grab your boxing gloves and go straight out the front door. No boxing gloves needed. I'm hot as oh. fuck. <laughs> or even just like you do the elbow and the fist back and he falls he just backwards drops. and as he falls backwards, it just shows the old commanding officer just like he's behind, <laughs> like the yes. focus just pulls to yes. him and he's like, it's been a while. Yes, yes, exactly. And I'm wearing leather just because it's comfortable. You know what I mean? And you're still blowing on the wet nails of the finger, the, the hand that wasn't being used to hit the guy. As yeah, you, yes. You I have a beer as well, you guys. Yeah, I have a beer like, as well. Damn, I like that yeah. color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I make some comment or like, oh, I ruined my nail. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's what I'd be, you got guys. The parts. So, thank you. <laughs> Just want to make it clear I'm well aware. Who's the, who who's the explosives <laughs> expert in this? Can I be the demolition? Can I be? You can be the demolition guy. Okay, cool. Nice. I feel like, I feel like you're the leader. Really? Wow. Your accent needs to be there. Oh, no, I... He seems like the hacker to me. You think so? Yeah. He could also be like the uh, the social uh, the social engineer. He's like the guy who's going to charm people into letting us in the front door. But, okay. but, I, but I've I just, just forgotten my keys. I just know personally I'm very bad at that kind of thing. Really? Yeah. At tricking your way into things? Yeah, I'm terrible at that. But don't you... I would have thought this much time in the U.S. you would know your powers I'm, and know how to use but, but I, but when I, But I, I can't... America's I'm really bad side. at those lies. Like, I'm really bad at that sort of... Like, right. I'm meant to be... I completely... Like, even if I'm telling a story and I, and I know the better version of the story would be a slight embellishment, <laughs> I'm always... I'm always going, well, actually, it was more like that. Like, I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't even make that embellishment. I'm really bad at that kind of lie. I think Kevin's right. Then you are the hacker. Like, you're yeah. always at the computer. Because out of you the four of us, in. we don't have a black guy yeah, in a wheelchair. Exactly. So I have like, to be. We're in. We're in. Yeah. We're yeah. in. yeah so I think like I'd have to be. Maybe we rush him sometimes. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He says something sassy. You might have to be the face of it. <laughs> oh, I'm bad at it, too. I'm the first one to, like, Fine, I'll prank. do it. Okay. Fine. But I won't wear a dress. Uh, only leather. Only leather. Although you just won't wear anything at all. Yeah, no, I'm wearing clothes. Okay. I'm not an animal. <laughs> I, I'm working. Maybe you're like a Terminator. You can only travel naked or something. No. And you have to show up. Okay. No. <laughs> I say no. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> well, guys, we had a couple listeners write in with some stories that have been making uh, making news in the news. <laughs> God. They'd be making this news in the day. news? <laughs> It's my day, you guys. It's been a very long day. Firing on all cylinders. <laughs> <laughs> we're two days away from the end of the of, uh, of the job we're working on. We just had our the hundredth episode just taped today. Of that was the really show, fun, actually. It was. Yeah. yeah, Renee was down there as well. You you've worked on the show, but you worked on the show more than I have. Yeah, because you, yeah, you did a I couple have. of seasons before. Yeah, you 
you've been brought in every so often on this season as a as a ringer. As the sassy leather wearing <laughs> writer. Like, yes, I beat the shit out of some, and combat. that's how I got in there. I kicked the shit out of one of the writers so I could have a spot. <laughs> kicked the door down. Yeah, we should. We haven't mentioned this before on the show, but we talked about the fact we both work on ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. We haven't mentioned that it is a one in one out, and you only leave. You leave. Yeah. yeah, you you leave in a coffin or not at all. <laughs> that's exactly how academia is. <laughs> it's very Continue. close yeah. to that. How many professors have you murdered? Uh, no comment. <laughs> yeah, how many how many seasons right. on ridiculousness do you have to do before you get tenure? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a squ- it's scorpion in, scorpion out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there is a move. Is that a thing everyone knows? Now? I don't even know if scorpioning is a term outside of this show or not. When I someone falls in their face, do you know, do you know what scorpioning heard, no. is? I don't no. know. Was was it coined by the show or was it, it something that got picked up? It's I think specifically it that shape that some people make if they fall if they fall forwards with enough momentum that their legs kick over oh, like a and they form the shape of a. Yeah, yeah. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's a deer dick, a ridge. Point. Yeah, host of the show, Rob. Well, just like um, paint. Well, paint angels wasn't his, but. There was a Jamie yes. Lee, wasn't there was it? There was a Jamie Lee. Yeah. Making yeah. like a snow angel on the ground, but in, in pain. Yeah. 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 Falling in pain like an angel. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because now there are all these like rubrics applied to these things when people are watching clips to decide if they fall into that category or not. Like, well, his feet didn't actually touch his head. I don't know if you can consider it a true scorpion. Like, <laughs> I think it's funny enough. I think it's probably think, fine. It's a, yeah. That, I think that does count as the thing we made up. <laughs> like, just, oh, you guys, I'm these, sorry people care about their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> You obviously, you know. That's true. You get, you you get really into the jargon of like an entirely invented oh, yeah. language, but you do. We'll get sidetracked for an hour trying to think of a different way of talking about clips of people farting on each other. Like, <laughs> and it'll come assassins. right back. I don't know if they actually killed the person with the gas. Right. No one's dying, you guys. But you will come right back to the original one. And Always. someone will shout it and no one will hear it. And then five minutes later, someone else will shout that other person's thing. And then everyone will be like, brilliant. And then you die a little. <laughs> Just a these, little bit. There's all these signs on the wall with rules like no pun shall pass. But if it's a good enough pun, That's it goes last. in there. Yeah. It's like everyone loves a good pun. That needs to be brought down, I think. It does, yeah, there's no, there's no sense. We put it up, Lassie. I'm <laughs> it's a like pun chaos. fan. I'm a fan <laughs> of puns. Who doesn't like a good... I mean, like, yes, in general, they're, they can be awful, but, like, a great one, who doesn't love a great one? Um, a few people wrote in with this story, and in particular, Will Davis, who brought it up just to double-check that we were going to introduce the story and debunk it. Mm-hmm. But last week, it might be two weeks ago now, by the time you listen to this show, everyone was going nuts about a computer that passed the Turing test, except it kind of didn't. The Turing test, we've mentioned on the show before, is named i don't know whether it was coined by alan turing or whether it was named in honor of alan turing but it's the idea um of a computer that is able to fool a human into thinking it's human yeah so it's it's held up as a benchmark of artificial intelligence and yeah this is one of the primary signs that a computer is reaching a certain level of facility with natural language and Comprehension and interaction. It's basically like her. I was the just movie her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is a great movie, by the way. Just saw it. You did like it. it. Yeah, I okay. liked it a lot. Yeah, I am yet to see it. Okay, that was all. No spoilers. That was a Turing test movie. <laughs> okay. And by the way, it was proposed by Alan Turing in his 1950 paper, Computing Machinery and Intelligence. It opens with the words, "I propose to consider the question: Can machines think? Because thinking is difficult to define." Turing chooses to quote replace the question by another, which is closely related to it and is expressed in relatively unambiguous words. His new question, are there imaginable digital computers which would do well in the imitation game? Which is ba- the basis of uh, 
What a Turing test is. Alan Turing, also we've covered him on the show before. He's sort of the father of modern computing. He was a genius mathematician, computer scientist, who was basically... Posthumously forgiven for his homosexuality. Yeah, it's kind of... It's an amazing but tragic story. He, He was the guy who cracked the Enigma code. He was basically the guy who led the team and designed the computers and worked out how to decode the Germans' messages and did some other amazing work after the war in in theoretical computer science. But he was also gay, and he was found guilty of homosexuality. I think even at the time, he was... Because he, he was also probably somewhere on the autistic spectrum, and when he was... When he was arrested, he was like, yeah, I did that. Like, just didn't even realize that like, he shouldn't have said it, which he shouldn't. I mean, like, like it's bullshit that he had to realize that. And he has recently been pardoned by... Although, again, that was kind of bullshitty because they pardoned Alan Turing and not everyone else who's been convicted <laughs> under that law. Oh, you can because you're one of the greatest scientists of all time. But everyone else who... Did a gay? You're still you're still did illegally bad. <laughs> did you do a gay? <laughs> and he was given a choice when he was convicted between imprisonment and probation, which would be conditional on his agreement to undergo hormonal treatment to, designed to reduce libido. And he accepted the op- option of treatment via injections of stilbostrol, a synthetic estrogen. And that treatment was continued over the course of one year, and it rendered him impotent and caused gynecomastia, which is uh, growing man boobs. Don't they do that in mental hospitals? They do stuff like that, that. yeah. And it it, it had the effect of basically sentimental. Like, he he ended up committing suicide. It was kind of a shitty, tragic story. Because those are great. There's a birth control shot you can get that they used in mental hospitals for women to stop them from getting pregnant possibly by other crazy people but it's just like it could fuck you yeah like so crazy that's crazy to me that that's even something that anyone would be able to legally give you actually wait there's some controversy about his death too i didn't know this um he was found uh the post-mortem examination when he, he died in 1954 it's just like two years after getting convicted um of gross indecency and the examination ca- uh, said the cause of death was cyanide poisoning and when his body was discovered an apple lay half eaten beside his bed although the apple was not tested for cyanide it was speculated this was the means by which a fatal dose was consumed um, but philosophy professor Jack Copeland has questioned various aspects of the coroner's historical verdict suggesting the alternative explanation of the accidental inhalation of cyanide fumes from an apparatus for gold electroplating spoons using yeah. pot- potassium cyanide to dissolve the gold which Turing had set up in his tiny spare room. So oh. maybe it was accidental and maybe it was a suicide mm. with a cyanide-laced apple. Hmm. Huh. Who knows? I would rather it be a suicide. Also, for those who do want more information about or more reading on Turing... <laughs> Consult Wikipedia like I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, former guest of the show, that double guest of the show, Jan Eleven, Professor Jan Eleven, mm-hmm. one of our favorite physicists who's visited us a couple of times, wrote a novel called A Madman Dreams of Turing Machines that's a historical novel set in the world of Turing and some other people of that era. So you brought me on, but you already have a favorite physicist? I said one of our favorite oh, physicists. Okay, right. It makes me sick, too. <laughs> narrow down. I am, You're am still I a, here as the... You're, you are, I think, our I think favorite you know professional dancer comedian. Set, you're in our top two favorite dancing <laughs> guests that we've had on. I mean... Well, I think uh, Facebook is going to be the best uh, Turing test eventually, because I think 
they're just collecting so much information on us that eventually you profile, you'll just be able to, you'll be able to put it on autopilot. Just you know, where huge. it just sits there posting. Well, the, the amount of data, something like between Facebook and Google, that seems more likely as the way just the huge amount of data that they're collecting mm-hmm. about how people interact. Like, as it is, I remember seeing something about how Google Translate works, and it works differently to how other computer translation programs work, where the old ones just were programmed with vocabulary lists and, and the rules, rules of grammar. grammar. Yeah. And what Google Translate does instead, it, I'm sure it has that as well, but it also has a huge database of texts in numerous languages. And in many cases, it has databases of texts in the same text in numerous languages. So it searches for strings Chunks, of words yeah. it, and, and sees how that text has translated it into different languages. So it uses it uses reference. It uses the power of Google's databases as well as the rules of language. It does make more sense if you have access to that much data. Why not just use that instead of yeah? yeah. So okay. this story this story about the Turing test. Just to get back, there's a quite nice taking down of it on TechDirt.com because the story. Here's the things that ring kind of untrue, and it did go all the way. Like this was international news. It was it showed up on all the big websites and all the big uh, news outlets, and. Firstly, here's the first cheat. Eugene is the name of the computer program, and it simulates a foreign 13-year-old boy. <laughs> like that's a massive, that's a massive cheat. It it claimed to be uh, trying to think, see which country it claimed to be. Ukrainian. It tried to claim to be a, a Ukrainian 13-year-old communicating. Eugene Demchenko, who now lives in Russia. Wait. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, no, that was the... Uh, wait. The development team includes Eugene's creator, Vladimir <laughs> Veselov, who was born in Russia and now lives in the United States, and Ukrainian-born Eugene Demchenko, who now lives in Russia. It's yeah. an actual person, sorry. So, <laughs> so here, here's... Like, wait, how did this thing move? Here's the rundown of the things, the problems TechDirt found with this article and with, with the story. Firstly, it's not a super supercomputer, which is what it claimed. It's a chatbot. It's just a script made to mimic human conversation. There's no intelligence, artificial or either involved it's just a chatbot uh, secondly numerous chatbots have passed the turing test in the past often with higher ratings than this one than eugene thirdly it gained the rules it claimed to be a 13 year old boy from a foreign country from the ukraine uh, rather than someone speaking a natural language uh, fourthly they tweaked the rules and say exactly what they did there um fifthly you don't, as Chris Dixon points out in another blog, they link to it, you don't get to run a single test with judges that you picked and declare you accomplished something. <laughs> they just did one and then they found the results they wanted, like, look, tricked him. Oh, that's so, the best. So that's, that's not how science works. You have to have <laughs> repeatable results with a large amount of data that's statistically significant. And the most significant takedown is number six on this list. The whole concept of the Turing test itself is kind of a joke. Well, it's fun to think about. Um, creating a chatbot that can fool humans is not really the same thing as creating artificial intelligence. And many in the AI, AI world look at the Turing test as a needless distraction. Um, and then finally says the biggest red flag of all, and I've seen this guy mentioned before. I think we've even mentioned him on the show before. It was organized by Kevin Warwick at Reading University, who's popped up numerous times. He's declared himself to be the first human cyborg, or the first <laughs> cyborg, because he put a computer chip on, under his skin he had uh, oh the first human being infected with a computer virus 
was something he did. I'm not even sure what he claimed to have done to make <laughs> that happen. That's what he was calling it. But he is very much... Yeah. <laughs> This is a computer virus. It's fine. <laughs> it's just okay. I clicked on something. You're not a bad. computer. You work. You can't get this. I from clicked me. on something bad. Just it's put your mouth on it. The, um, <laughs> Why am he, I so He's sexual? very much. <laughs> I'm never like this. But he does. He is very much a publicity chaser, mm. and uh, very someone who's very good at writing press releases, and not necessarily so good at doing peer-reviewed proper science. What the hell is that bug? I don't want anything to do with it. That was that was an insect. I'm I cannot identify. Oh, that's called June bugs. Yeah, that's a June bug. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you guys? <laughs> what is that <laughs> noise? happening? Now water is appearing from out. the ground. Jesus! How has that not happened during our recording yet? The, the sprinklers have come up. Oh, is it that a normal over, thing? I think it happened down there because I heard it go off earlier. Are is they on loud t- enough? That's not going to be on that on recording. Are they on a timer? They are. I'm going to turn it off. Okay, guys, keep talking. About I had no time. idea they had sprinklers <laughs> here. But just all of a sudden, water started to erupt from the ground. <laughs> like some kind of <laughs> where, terrifying... Where are you from, Kevin, originally? Uh, I was born in New Jersey, but I grew up in, here in L.A. Mm, okay. Yep. In Claremont. Claremont, New Claremont. Jersey. No, New Claremont, Jersey. California. Oh, Claremont, where in New yeah. Jersey? Morristown. Mm. Of course, I know nothing. I don't know why I asked. Morristown is famous for being the place where the cosmic microwave background was discovered. Hmm. It's also where Washington had his headquarters during the revolution. Oh, cool. That's I cool. think that's... Was that at the same time? Or was there... A... There were different times. Okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it, it's also the... It used to be the corporate headquarters of AT&T. It might still be, but um, that's how the, mm. the yeah, microwave I'd background was discovered. Heard, was the, so was Is Bell Labs part of that, or was that not where... Yeah, Bell Labs used to be there also. Okay, I think think I've heard of it from that perspective for some reason. Cool. Uh, Here's here's another little discovery about uh, the world we live in. It's a geological discovery, and this one does appear to be true and not something created by a publicity-hungry computer scientist. With a Uh, virus. (laughs) A virus, God. Both both Karen Oliver and Eric Boisbert sent in this story about a massive ocean discovered inside the Earth. Which is pretty cool. Uh, this article in The New Scientist says, A reservoir of water, three times the volume of all of the oceans, has been discovered deep beneath the Earth's surface. The finding could help explain why, where Earth's seas came from. The water's hidden inside a blue rock called Ringwoodite that lies 700 kilometers underground in the mantle, which is the layer of hot rock between Earth's surface and its core. The huge size of the reservoir throws new light on Earth's on the origin of Earth's water. Some geologists think water arrived in comets as they struck the planet, but the new discovery supports an alternative idea that the oceans gradually oozed out of the interior of the early Earth. Well, I don't know where that water then got in the first place. Exactly. That's sort of uh, just going further back with what you have to explain origin-wise. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are claiming victory now. Like, I told you the Noah Flood thing was real. Yeah. Like, this is where <laughs> it went. was just under there. It was just it soaked in the rocks. <laughs> they do say in this story that uh, the remnants of a single boat yep. was discovered. Are you kidding? Within, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not reading what you're reading, and I it would all make, I would believe everything you said at this point. I'd be like, really? A fucking boat, you guys? It's like Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the st- <laughs> I guess the story of Noah was kind of based on the Goonies. It was. It, it was absolutely it was. based yep. on the Goonies. Yep. Biblical. The documentary Goonies. <laughs> the document. <laughs> and uh, Face Off is a documentary as well. 
No shit. Yeah. I knew there was something to that. Yeah. It's just real. See, yeah, this, this, the oceans came from oceans. It's, it's like that uh, Simpsons with the uh, chili eating contest. <laughs> he had this his chili tasting spoon. They say he carved that spoon out of a larger spoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, this is a uh, this is a find. It's good evidence that the Earth's water came from within, says Stephen Jacobson of Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. Um, the team used 2,000 seismometers to study the seismic waves generated by more than 500 earthquakes. These waves move throughout Earth's interior, including the core, and can be detected at the surface, and they make the Earth ring like a bell for days afterwards. And by measuring the speed of the waves at different depths, the team could figure out which types of rocks the waves were passing through, and the water later revealed itself because the waves slowed down as it takes them longer to get through soggy rock than dry rock. See, I knew they, I had heard before that they used that for, for geology, but I hadn't, like, they, when a massive geological event happens on one side of the earth, they then see how long it takes the waves to reach different parts of the earth. And they also look at their swimming pools. Yeah, they look at the swimming pools. Uh, nuclear explosions as well. That's another thing when they do nuclear tests. If, that if the shock wave is still <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does say also the hidden water could also act as a buffer for the oceans on the surface explaining why they've stayed the same size for millions of years i don't understand how that would work though curious and this is uh, obviously i'm geology guessing... is not our forte no <laughs> there are a Few lot of things are you know what else isn't website design <sighs> But lucky for us, <laughs> we don't need to be web designers. We, it's so well, simple. You know, someone, one, someone, either you or Jesse must be because we have a nice website that must... That I, what, I know that, we didn't know, pay a web designer. I, I can see why you'd think that because it is a nice looking website. You can visit at probablyscience.com. But you, actually, interestingly enough, I'm not trained in, in web design. What? Get no. the fuck I, out of here. Matt, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, all I had to do... Let's <laughs> go straight to squarespace.com. What? Yeah. No. And set up... Wait, say it again. What is it? Squarespace.com. And using one of their simple templates, I could design my own professional looking site and with a drag and drop interface, I could customize what? it to do whatever I wanted it to do. So you say, so Squarespace as in the word square, like the shape and space, like the thing that rockets exactly travel into, what I'm but just about. all as one word. All as one word. Dot com in the manner of the internet. In a browser <laughs> of a website. <laughs> you could so probably tired. Google it too, right? Yeah, yeah. If you were like nervous about the WWW. Oh, yeah. You know, I think you don't even need that anymore. Squarespace. Now, Squarespace.com, are they the ones who would give people a month free trial and 10% off any purchase if they use the Probably Science offer code? That's exactly what they would do. Oh, this is crazy. You can you can si- sign up now with no credit card to, to try it out for a month, and when you do decide to make a purchase, you can use the offer code Probably Science and get ten percent off that purchase. Uh, plans start from eight dollars a month. There's twenty four seven support. You can't beat it. Squarespace.com. Wow, awesome. <laughs> Renee's loving this. <laughs> She's so signing up right now. I'm doing it on my phone. That's great. <laughs> oh, you know what? No I'm matter how, you, no matter which of the templates you use, it looks great. On a computer, it looks great. On your phone, it's mobile ready. You don't have to do any kind of customization. Mm. Yep. Check out our, go to, go to, look at our site. Go to probably, probablyscience.com on your phone right now. Tell me how good it looks. (laughs) (laughs) I will right now. It's all mobile ready. Okay. Please hold. So, So this story, so this story, just to get back to it, it says, Jacobson worked out in advance what would happen to the waves if water containing ringwoodite was present he grew ringwoodite in his lab and exposed samples of it to massive pressures and temperatures matching those at 700 kilometers down. 
And sure enough, they found signs of wet ringwoodite in the transition zone. I knew it. 700 kilometers down, which divides the upper and lower regions of the mantle. At that depth, the pressures and temperatures are just right to squeeze the water out of the ringwoodite. So it's rock with water along the boundaries between the grains, almost as if they're sweating, said Jacobson. Ah, and his findings support nice visualization, isn't it? Yeah, sweating rocks. Sweaty rock. Yeah, uh, give me a sweaty rock. <laughs> That's worth a grant proposal, right there. Just coining that phrase. Yeah, sweat. the website's beautiful. Sweat rock. Thank you. You mentioned uh, being a cyborg. This guy who said he was a yeah. cyborg. I I left my phone home today, and never have I felt like a cyborg with like I don't know my. Well, we cyborg, cyborg amputee. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. like just ripped off my hand. Yeah. I've just completely lost all day. I have no yeah. idea what's going on. We did kind of refreshing. And I'm not at that point yet. You're not there yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to push you. The first stage of, of grieving is... Uh, <laughs> right. one Sometimes of I'll leave my phone I, and just be like, what? No, I can't do that. Oh, I'm, I'm just at the, the twitching, nervous panic stage. It's exciting to come like home like it was a home phone and like you missed all these calls. <laughs> and you're like, what happened? I was gone. You, you may wish to listen to the, ri- the live episode we did with Amber Case, who was a cyborg anthropologist. <laughs> who Seriously. Whose research <laughs> is entirely about the interaction with humans between humans and machines and how much our phones and our online presence are now extensions of our physical selves. Mm -hmm. And by her definition, maybe Warwick isn't so crazy in calling himself a cyborg in the sense that we're all kind of cyborgs and we've all merged with our technology. But he definitely... He definitely he profited from the idea of like, yeah, yeah. he built himself to be Robocop, basically. That's what everyone <laughs> wanted and instead they got... Uh, a professor with a microchip under his arm that could open. I think he, I think he had it so it could open doors in the physics department of his or the computer science. You're department. telling me his arm could open doors? That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> How did this guy do it? Have. I think it was designed so that it was sort of turn on lights. It was just a proximity detector. You can turn on lights. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Again, something this guy's an arm arms could never ridiculous. do. Yeah. Something an arm Hope could never ever do. <laughs> The real RoboCop would not like <laughs> that you would compare him to him. No, not at all. <laughs> not the real RoboCop. He goes up to the light RoboCop. switch. You have 10 seconds to comply. <laughs> 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 but it doesn't work because he has a virus. So. <laughs> yeah, he's riddling. He's just... <laughs> Maybe the virus thing was just to explain why it didn't work when he like, demoed it at the press. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be horrible? You have this, Oop, there's a you glitch. Have scar and everything. There's a glitch. Yeah. <laughs> there's, oh, a glitch there's a glitch. I must be spam. <laughs> what? Shouldn't have used my arm to download yeah. <laughs> you know videos what, last night. You know what animal doesn't need any help from cybernetic exoskeleton? Squarepa- Squarespace.com. <laughs> frogs. Frogs don't need any help. They're already like robo frogs. They're so powerful. Yeah, uh, hang on. Let's even have a guess. Like, how... How yes? How how how, how strong, strong would you guess that a frog's tongue is? Specifically, a, uh, a horned frog. Well, they do do that thing with the zapping the flies. So, how, what what units are we talking yeah. about? Okay. Let's say First as a proportion. Let, okay. I don't even know how you measure tongue strength. Let's say how what, <laughs> qualitatively. What I guess. pulling force in weight as a ratio of their weight? Do you reckon a frog's tongue? This specific oh. frog's tongue can tensile lingual strength. I just made that up. Okay, I'm going like to say a hundred pounds. Let's say as a proportion of its uh, of its body weight. Okay, well I'm going to say a hundred pounds divided by the weight of a frog. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's half a pound, something like that. Let's say two hundred. Two hundred. You're making this a lot less impressive by going <laughs> so high. But, uh... it's, it's three times three times their own body weight. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> that's very reasonable. <laughs> my, my tongue can do like one of me, and I'm not a frog. Actually, I'm imagining hanging by my tongue. Yeah, that would be 
Pretty yeah, horrible. imagine hanging by your tongue and then having another two, two of you, like two identical triplets hanging on the side of you. <laughs> but wouldn't this be a great, like, uh, okay, Cupid metric? You know, just <laughs> <laughs> tongue strength. <laughs> can you? Um, I do need a guy who can lift at least mine and his combined body weight with his tongue. Right, In the event <laughs> know might of something. Uh, so yeah, zoologist placed the horned frog, a predator known to swallow whole mice, in front of a glass slide and tempted it with a tasty cricket. Uh, stronger force, stronger pulling forces were measured when contact with the glass was briefer and less mucus was left behind. Uh, the study from the Journal of Scientific Reports suggests the action of the tongue is similar to sticky tape. It's the first time they've been able to measure how well frog tongue sticks, said Dr. Thomas Kleinteich, who performed the experiments at the University of Kiel in Germany. Uh, he works in a group that studies biological adhesives, including gecko and beetle feet, with a view to finding new designs for sticky applications like boot soles, tapes, and parcel closures. And the thing that's interesting about frog tongues is that they're really fast, he told BBC News. It only takes milliseconds. And the South African horned frog in particular, a popular pet, is known for its ability to snatch morsels up to half its own size from locusts and fish to other amphibians and small rodents. I think how much mucus he'll leave behind is also would be a really good thing to put on okay yes. are you building a profile yeah, yeah. so. so he's doing it right now while, yeah. during the whole I, show i think all the i, I want to start a new site i think my own just with the with the really important stuff like okay that. scientists yeah. i live underground protected by scientists. roman lead <laughs> i'll keep you so, so women like oh we'll keep, he'll keep me safe he's protected by yeah. ancient roman lead with no all radiation survivors free i feel like there should be an all scientists dating site like jdate there's gotta be there's, there's Christian be Mingle there's, there's farmers there's a farmers one that they advertise on TV oh, yeah, sometimes yeah. those guys are smart enough they could just keep it secret from us we never have to even know about it though. they're not gonna advertise they're it on already late night TV it. Yeah. it's already, already happening it. I'm not yeah. gonna comment <laughs> <laughs> oh you know something about it is there a rule against uh, is uh, dipping your in the company petri dish or something? <laughs> <laughs> what's the analogy for I that? am a scientist kind of can I get on the site oh Seriously, First, is there is it is it frowned upon to date within the science community? What's the, what's the uh, uh, it's, not, it's definitely not frowned upon. Okay, I, I don't. I think we'd go extinct. If right. <laughs> so, Are no. you you're married? Yeah. I'm married. Yeah. Is she a scientist? Uh, yes, she is. Yep. She's, and there uh, it is. Yep. What, what kind is of biomedical? Oh, cool. So she probably knew the answer to that uh, tongue question. You shamed yes. her <laughs> and her marriage. Do you have but I really babies? like this idea. What's that? Do you have scientist babies? Uh, yeah, I have three kids. You do? Oh, wow. yeah, cool. Yep. And they're, uh, my daughter is kind of a little scientist. She studied uh, evaporation all on her own. She just decided to That's come cool. home and set up a little experiment, and she kept marking where the water was evaporating. I was, like, so proud oh, of her. How old is she? She's seven. Oh, wow. That's, That's pretty awesome. young to start. <laughs> now, did you berate her, though, for not setting up a controlled experiment <laughs> <laughs> where there was a lid on the counter. Right. Wrong! Yeah, he just threw it off it the, the counter. The so off. You're an idiot! Try again! Welcome to peer review. There's nothing new about these results. <laughs> you're Boring. Adding, you're adding nothing to the sum total of human knowledge. Right. <laughs> Holding a press conference in the front yard to debunk your daughter's <laughs> 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 Bad science parenting. I, I really think there should be a dating site for scientists. Though. I'm going to make I'm one sure on Squarespace.com. Yes, <laughs> see, she gets it. I get ten nice, percent nice. off if I bring up this place, yep. this thing. 
I looked it up. Science Connection. SciConnect.com. No. Singles groups for science and nature Fuck. enthusiasts. And scientificsingles.com. And uh, Wired has an article, actually, from just this year on how a math genius hacked OkCupid to find true love. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Quit wasting time. Mm, no- these metrics are all wrong. Mm, this is wrong. This is not my match. <laughs> how much mucus? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of curious. This would actually get take too long to go through. In a future episode, maybe we can look into this. This is interesting. Do they oh. have a dancer dating site? There must be. I think, I think it's just the show. <laughs> You just do the show and the, the strength of the performance alone is all you need. Yeah. Wasn't that the whole plot of fame? I, it was so long ago I didn't see the reboot. But. How dare you? What? <laughs> whole plot of fame? Wasn't it just the uh, art school? Like, in general? You're like, I will yeah. tell you the whole plot of fame. <laughs> and then we just have to sit down for an it hour and a half. <laughs> Debbie Allen. No, um, no, the plot of fame is a high school in New York for performing arts. But there wasn't all kinds of arts. All kinds of arts. Yes. And there I actually auditioned to do the Chicago one. I'm just are, laughing because it was horrible. Oh, they did a live show? No. The um, school that's the in school. Chicago that's like that? Yeah, the, because of fame. I was like, oh. I'm going to need to go here. So there was no dancer on dancer dating in fame. There had no. to have been. Well, th- what do you mean? The dancers date each other within in the movie and TV show fame. Thank you. Um, I needed it. I needed to be talked to like that. Um, I, no, no, no. I needed it. I needed it. What I mean is, I needed clarification. Um, there was there was a pregnancy, and there yes, definitely it's high school. So there was intermingling. Wait, it's high school. I thought somebody had to get naked for an audition. It was like a shameful moment. So yes, that was um, Irene Cara who sang the theme song okay. Flashdance and Fame. Um, that's in the movie Fame, the OG movie, which I never watched because that was before me. And it was, um, that's like one of the worst scenes ever. Her name is Coco and she's, <laughs> she's a senior in high school and she thinks she's going to be famous. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, Oh, I think you're great. Come back here and audition. And then she, I'm telling you, she has no boobs. Like she's like this skinny. So he's like, take your shirt off. And they're like in a room. And he's like, now take your shirt off with like a camera. And she's just like, <laughs> and like slowly taking off her tank top. And she looks like a 12 year old boy. <laughs> but I can see how she was upset. <laughs> but also, you were like, this is the school I need to yes. go to. <laughs> I didn't now see that. I no, I was only watching the 80s TV show. Even I watched that after it was on TV. And then I pitched to Anetta, my mom. Uh, I need to go to not a normal person high school. I need to go to this high school. <laughs> and I auditioned. It was horrible. What was horrible about it? I just was not good enough. <laughs> it's okay. I did cold tarted snake. Step ball change career paths. <laughs> well, I did. I had a step. Yes. I had a shuffle off. I had a shuffle yes. off uh, to a public school. No, I did a cold hearted snake dance routine, which I thought was amazing. Nice. I do remember when I was in maybe like the second grade, my friend um, Kelly McDonald, I think her name was, <laughs> made me do a, uh, a, a a dance to, I believe it was Madonna's Borderline. I think that's the last time I danced <laughs> at the behest of Kelly. That explains a lot Kelly about Kelly Cummings. Her name is Kelly Cummings. That's what it was. Yep. And she made you dance to Borderline, which is she one of the worst. I was, yes, I think she and I Dancing and another girl songs. did a dance together in first or second grade. <laughs> I was living in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Um, I don't think it was recorded, luckily. I, think I never was, included gentlemen in my routines. Time. Really? <laughs> no. That's not right. You didn't even <laughs> teach, were there weren't any guys that you taught the thriller dance to in the, um, in the schoolyard? No, I did not. But I did teach the dirty dancing 
routine to a guy. I needed him to be my Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I just like my whole focus as a kid was like, can, let's go in our, my basement. I'm going to teach you this music video. Because <laughs> I knew so many music videos. I was like just watching them constantly and learning them. Did he actually pick you up and swing you around in the air? Afraid so. Really? <laughs> the only thing is I'm afraid of heights, so I wouldn't let him do like the real big pickup. The airplane style thing? I couldn't, because what if yeah. he dropped me and then I'm dead? That's how I think. But what about going through dance school, though? Weren't there times when you had to be involved in a lift, or did you just No partner work. I, I did no partner work. I did, uh, I did ballet, tap, and jazz, but I didn't, um, and hip-hop, but I did not have any partner work. With tap, I guess I did, but... But then no. that's not lifts. That's just no. I'm just not canes and top hats. Do you still yes, have a cane and a top hat? Top hats. <laughs> it's like Young Frankenstein. <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, just it's a real awkward dance at the end. So to get back to mucus very quickly, yes. please do. So they sorry, examined the mucus left behind on these slides, and here's what was interesting. Here's what surprised them. It was previously assumed that the mucus acts as some kind of superglue, but what they found was that they got higher adhesive forces in trials where they found less mucus. That was quite interesting. So the mucus What's appeared to build up over time, tons? Yeah. but during but I mean, the more it built up uh, during the initial contact, the mucus coverage was rather low, and that was when it seemed to have the highest uh, forces. It plays a role. They say it's definitely a wet adhesive system. It's not just structure and friction because there is some fluid involved, but the key is the structure plus the mucus. It's not like having a liquid glue. It's rather like sticky tape. Mm. The comparison also appeals, applies particularly to the way the tongue peels away from the glass. The researchers saw stringy fibrils of mucus stretching between <laughs> the two surfaces, just like the ones you can see if you look closely at sticky tape peeling off a surface. Mm. See, this is. I get sad sometimes that I'm not in the life sciences, that I don't get to watch mucus slowly peeling off of things. But you do get to. I presume you had to swim to the bottom of the ocean to reclaim the lead. It wasn't me personally. Ah. It, it will be next time. Just I think, say but. it was you. <laughs> Answer again. I'm just kidding. It, that was fun. Yeah, I yeah, enjoyed he did it. He wow. did it. Oh, yes. God, that's amazing. Yeah, no Ooh. tank. You got no tank. what? <laughs> Free diving to Roman wreckage. <laughs> to lift. Bring up 100 tons of lead <laughs> right, yeah. with your tongue. Did you do it with your tongue? Yep. All right. That's the, that's the positivity. Yeah. Positive energy. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy it. Past guest Brody Stevens. Yeah. We, Is I'm he coming also, on? He's been out. He was on one of our first episodes like I two apologize. years ago. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I feel like we should. There's been things that have happened in the lives of past guests recently that I'm um, like, you should go revisit uh, Jimmy Schubert's episode. He's a finalist in Last Comic Standing or oh. Brody's now that he has that uh, HBO and Comedy Central series. I love Brody. Um, yeah, Brody's been doing warm up for Ridiculousness. So every day uh, that we're on set is He's a delight. Yeah. I get to see him do crowd work and show off his vast knowledge of the San Fernando it's Valley. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Because, like, yeah, it's amazing. And when he's not there, it, it's, the difference is you just can't even tolerate it. I mean, not to knock other guests of our show who also do warm up on the <laughs> We've had other past podcast guests who also do warm up and regular who are also great. But Brody yes, is I, a, a yes. force we reckon with. Yes, Brody's just a different type of. It's like nothing else. My parents saw him. I was on a show with him in D.C. last fall. And I was, I had no idea what my parents would think of it. Because it's not traditional stand-up. It's not joke-heavy it's just he's just a force and yes. it, it, you crack up but you're not sure 
why but my parents loved it they were they couldn't believe that I knew him like, he, he went from someone they'd never heard of to like a celebrity in their eyes just because of his performance and then afterwards they wanted to meet him and stuff. Aww. Did, did they? Yeah, yeah. They're like, you're friends with him? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know Brody Stevens. I've done shows with him. Yes, yeah. positive push. Did you do that for him? Do you call them as Brody Stevens? <laughs> I, <call my parents. laughs> I did send them uh, a video from him doing warm-up. Like, Remember this guy? Oh, cute. Yeah. Uh, very quickly before we do wrap things up, just a quick shout-out to the three scientists who just got knighted for finding the, for predicting the Higgs boson. Uh, including Higgs himself but also Professor Tom Kibble who was left out of the Nobel Prize award I don't know that's that's kind of your field right yeah particle physics very much your field absolutely yeah and it says in this article that I'm reading here that that was a surprise because they only awarded it to two people and they can award the Nobel to up to three and it's normally nearly always someone does get left off because they they're like the fourth person who was also instrumental in the finding doesn't get it but yeah, this is uh, becoming more and more of a problem in particle physics because... It's so collaborative. Uh, it's so collaborative, not just... It used to be really the experiment was the collaborative part, and maybe there was just a handful of theories, but now there's even more collaboration on the theory side. Um, uh, and the same with... Uh, and now the experiments are just so large, it's really hard to see who you're going to reward. Um, and it's, you know, it makes it tough, but that's just how it works, so... Uh, for example, the experiment I work on has over 150 collaborators. So, can I propose a dance-off? I'm just looking at dance. It's <laughs> a lot of collaborators. I'm just looking up the latest dance news. Oh, and I think oh, nice. Professor, uh, Professor Verdi, who also who developed technologies within the detector that helped them find the Higgs, I believe oh, he also okay. got knighted. Oh, that's fantastic! And the Nobel Prize in Modern Jazz this year went to. <laughs> Please hold on. Okay, please hold. Can I? I couldn't can I make it. The uh, the Kickstarter for the yeah, we absolutely movie. should. We yeah. we started talking oh, about this yeah. before the um the PhD comics film. Yeah, that's right. So in. there's uh, Jorge Chama is going to is starting a Kickstarter uh, to make a sequel. The first one was very successful. It showed on seven continents, uh, including Antarctica, because that's one of the continents. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh it. The Kickstarter, you can find it by just uh, going to phdmovie.com, and you can watch the entire first one for free now. It's now streaming, so everybody in the world can watch it, and uh, you can help support the Kickstarter and get a sequel made. You guys have raised... This is amazing. Uh, you have 17 days left. You've already raised 60000 out of a $100,000 goal to make the next movie. That's impressive. Well, so hopefully some people here will... Well, yeah. help it go up even more. So, yeah, and go so- chip in, and you can get, uh, you know, you can donate as little as six dollars or more. That'll already get you a free. Um, you can watch the movie online when it's released, or fifteen dollars or more gets you a downloadable version of the movie. And there are other levels on up from there. Yeah, so and also listen to the episode we did with Alex and Crystal, who are also both in the movie, mm-hmm. which is yep. about, I think. About a year ago now, we did that episode. I think it was, yeah. Yep, that's right. And uh, Alex just graduated with her PhD. Nice. And now Doc, Dr. Dr. Alex. Lockwood. Dr. Lockwood, yeah. Excellent. And Dr. Crystal as well, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> well, like, that's good, because at the time, they weren't. neither of them were PhDs. So we're like, ah, oh, yeah, well. It's like, do we really believe the stuff you're saying? Do we really? Yeah. But now, they, now they've qualified. Now they've been tested. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so now we're good. So you can re-listen to that episode and now know that everything they said was fact. It's retroactive. <laughs> right. Right. That's, great, right. That's true for me, by the way. Since I got my PhD, everything I say is fact now. Yeah, Just legally it has to be, right? <laughs> yeah. if, you're ever, if you're ever caught telling a lie, then it gets revoked? Um, 
I'm not going to test that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm hoping that just people won't even question it. You know, is your comedy a lot about what you do? Uh, n- not so much. I'm um, killing it in these questions. Yeah. <laughs> we know he has kids. Not so much. I mean, uh, the the average audience might not get a lot of physics jokes, and they're not necessarily that funny. So I think that's funny. <laughs> there's yeah. a clip online of you doing a talk in what looks like Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. There is. I think, isn't it? Really? Uh, but it was a bit talking about neutrinos and... Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, I give a talk um, uh, at an event called Nerd Night on neutrinos. So but was that at Flappers? It looked like that was the venue, or maybe it's just a venue that looks like Flappers. Well, I've, I've performed at Flappers, so now I'm not sure. I don't remember a clip of Flappers going online. Huh. So. Maybe maybe I'm just getting mixed up between clips. Maybe well, so. Well, I'm going to... Yeah, this is this is part of the problem not having a phone. I'm just like, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh yeah, you can't test now. it. I have no idea what to do. Well, I was telling like, there's a clip of me on YouTube. And I was telling Kevin just before the show, um, <laughs> a couple of nights ago, I was going to a friend's place I hadn't been before, and I had the address in my phone. I told a taxi driver the address, and then my phone ran out of battery. Oof, and <laughs> it's bad. And I, I was ha- having to say to the cab driver, like, what is what was the address I gave you? What, what was the number? And he went, oh, no, no, we're close. I was like, yeah, no, that's not my question. I was like, what, what, what's the, do you remember what the actual address was? Like what the number in the street? He was like, yeah, it's just up here on the right. I'm like, no, the, I don't know how, to, I'm not accusing you of taking me a bad route or anything. And I'm not worrying about how long, I need to know that I'm not about to ring the doorbell of a stranger. <laughs> like I'm not going to cre- creep out 10 people. It's either 509 or 519 or nine one five. Oh man! And the more numbers in your head, the more other numbers become plausible. And he never actually wrote it down. Did he? I mean, he didn't no. He just. I think he put it into a. He put it into a GPS. Uh, yeah, I'm always amazed. Like when I think back, when MapQuest was like, do you remember MapQuest? How I like love that was MapQuest. A, right, yeah. How that was like a huge innovation, and now when I first got to LA, every I didn't have any kind of gps but when i went to a gig i would print out yeah, yeah same <laughs> i print out a map quest maps or google maps or whatever and i would have printed out pieces of paper and i'd follow them and if i took a wrong turn at any point i'd have to try and work back out how to get back onto like, you were initially yeah as you're as you're mumbling to yourself recalculating recalculating yeah. you had to say it yourself there wasn't a machine and on more than one occasion I had, I had to pull over and just phone a friend and just go can you get on the internet for me please and look up where i am because i'm lost the worst Luckily, technology has progressed to the point that none of us get lost, and we're all infinitely intelligent, and Turing tests are a thing of the past, and machines are taking over. So, uh, Kevin, where can our listeners find out more about you and find your stuff? Uh, they can follow me on Facebook, uh, or they can go to LaughStub if they want to go to one of my shows. Um, nice. What's your, what's, what's your Facebook address? Is it just... It's just Kevin Hickerson or Kevin Peter Hickerson. You can type that in there. So it's Kevin.Hickerson. You know, www.facebook.com. Something and slash PhD Kevin. movie. Uh, PhDmovie.com. Dot com for the Kickstarter yep. and for yeah. the... For the information on the, the first movie as well. Yep, you can uh, right at the top. You can watch the whole movie streaming. Nice in full Excellent. HD. That's awesome. Seventeen days left, guys. So help them out with that. And Renee. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Renee Gautier, spelled spelled. Who cares? Just go to at Nene Guder at Twitter. On How Twitter. do you spell that? <laughs> Nene Guder. Yeah, it's like a N E N E G O T E R. So like it sounds, Nene Guder. Nene Guder. Well, I mean, nay, nay, good like it sounds would be N-A-Y-N-A-Y. For but you, mentally? I'm just saying, I'm not French. Well, and, uh, like, 
Well, like Shanae. Right. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying. Listen, to assume, yes. I know. Right. And then I looked at these dance news things, and they're the most dramatic <laughs> like headlines with a no story. Like just cat fights within the dance community. The Indonesian performance artist who got famous for dancing on butter. <laughs> this is another headline. They said it couldn't be done. Oh, yeah. And then she did it. And here's another headline. We had no future in Cuba, say defecting ballet dancers. If you want to launch the Probably Dance I'm spin-off podcast, yes. you have well, our blessing. Thank you. I was going to ask. <laughs> um, I just love these titles. These headlines are so dumb. As always, any questions, comments, clarifications, you yeah. can tweet us at Probably Science. You can email us probablyscience at gmail.com. You can can donate if you click on the donate button and also if you are buying anything on amazon you can click on the link on our website and if you go through that link to amazon we get a little commission it costs you no extra money so we get a little kickback that helps us a lot if you're buying something from there anyway it's a surprisingly significant percentage i would have thought it was going to be a tiny amount so a lot of you quite a few of you have bought some big things that you happen to be buying through amazon as well it super helps out but even smaller amounts if you're doing it and you just remember that's great Write nice things about us on iTunes. Subscribe if you're not already mm-hmm. subscribing. Uh, when you give us comments and when you give us ratings, that helps boost our ratings in iTunes and boosts us in the charts and helps more people find out about and the show. Boost our self-esteem. Spread the word about the show. <laughs> Tell your friends. Validation. Watch some water being evaporated and make marks every yes. is it every day or so and do science. Yep. Do science. Do, do science. real science. <laughs> what did you say? He did gay. What did you say about the? I, I don't remember. Did, a, did I did say you did, do, a gay? You did, did a gay? You did a gay. I just need to remember that. Yeah, feel free to do a gay if that is your do choice as well. Thing, do it. Do yeah. a gay. You should. Or you will no longer be penalized by the British nope. government and chemically castrated. And, that, mm-hmm. and I'm going on the record right now. I know it's controversial, but I'm going to say that is a good thing. Mm. It's a good thing that that no longer happens. I know that's that's an opinion splitter, but I am taking a firm stance on this. Going to alienate some listeners, but I'm go- yeah. we might, we <laughs> might lose some listeners. It's going to happen. <laughs> but if that is your view, the then maybe we don't want you listening. You are yeah. radical. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, fight the power. We'll see you next week. <laughs>